Welcome to our first and only podcast, Mythology in Flesh. So today we're going to talk about the alternatives of, of the creation of the world according to different cultures. We'll be covering Norse myths, Greek myths, Aztec myths, Chinese myths, and Egyptian, Egyptian. Egyptian myths. I'm doing Greek myths. Uh, everything starts very simply. It starts with chaos. There wasn't anything before chaos because there was no before because time had not started yet. Now, out of chaos came Mother Earth, aka Gaia. She managed to reproduce asexually and created Uranus and Pontus. And starting with the long history of incest in Greek mythology, <laughs> uh, Gaia ends up creating babies with Uranus. Now first she creates, well they create the Titans, which everyone loves, and, and then they create monsters. So the Titans are the first to rule. Now we have most importantly Cronus. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most important because he ends up killing Uranus. Technically it's not killing, but I'd say that splitting someone into millions of pieces would technically be <laughs> killing even though they technically cannot die. And he does this because his mother Gaia wanted him to, because Uranus ends up hating his last last six children, the monsters, and shoving them in, back into Gaia's womb, which is later called TARDIS. Well, that's, oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds horrible. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> well, then Gaia obviously gets annoyed, not only because her husband slash child hated all their kids, but also because she's in a lot of pain right now. So she asks each of her kids in turn, like, can you help me? I have this scythe. Can you help me kill Uranus? Because I can't. And finally, when she gets to Kronos, he agrees and goes and <laughs> chops Uranus into thousands of pieces, millions of pieces, and then instead puts him into Tartarus. Which, yay, fun, more people. But that was the beginning of good Greek oh, mythology. And then we go into a lot more incest and complicated. Oh my god, it sounds a little violent for me. But I'll go next. Um, so I'm doing Norse myths, which are also very complicated. So what we start with in Norse myths is a gap. It's called Gnunga Gap, and it's between two of the nine rounds. The two that it's between is Niflheim and Muspel. So there are two beings there right now. There's this giant cow that lives closer to um, Niflheim. And Niflheim is the coldest place in all the Nine Realms. It is simply ice and fog. And so why it lives there is because it feeds off the ice, licking it for salt and nutrients. Uh, and the other being is Sir, who's a fire giant. Into this world, there is brought a giant. He's the largest being that has ever or will ever exist, and it's, he's called Amir. And Amir asexually reproduces and gives birth to giants who are his descendants. And a little after that, the um, giant cow, by licking ice, shapes out the first god. This giant comes out, and his name is Buri and he survives by feeding off of the cow's milk. And then the cow licks out another human who is Besla, and they, Buri and Besla, end up having children. They have two children. One is Bor, the other is Besla. 
something that's consistent in most of my mythologies from my experience is the incest. Because Burr and Pestla end up coupling and having more children. This is Odin, Vili, and Ve. Odin, Vili, and Ve are the first to recognize that they are in a place with nothing. They can't go to, over to Niflheim and they can't go over to Muspel. So they decide here in Gnungagath they need to make a world. And how they do this is they kill Amir. They kill Amir because they need his pieces. They take his flesh and turn it into earth. Soil, that stuff, that's all his flesh. His bones, they turn into mountains. And the sky is the inside of his skull. Wow. Oh, <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> the blood becomes oceans, rivers, all the bodies of water. In Norse mythology, clouds were Amir's brains. And if you were able to stand inside one, you could think Amir's thoughts. So um, basically drink giant's blood? Yeah! <laughs> so yeah, that's the creation of the earth. And they create humans later, but it's the same people. It's a really wild story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Any more complicated myths? Well, the Egyptian one, I believe, isn't as complicated as the Greek one and the Norse one. So, in Egyptian mythology, the creation of the world is assigned to the god, to the sun god, which is Re. But before Re existed, there were other eight gods. Before anything, there was like nothing. But it was like a chaotic and watery nothingness. And in this nothingness existed eight gods, known as the Ogdod. The group consisted in four male entities with heads in the shape of a frog and then their female counterparts which had snake heads. Each pair represented the nothingness and the watery chaos in which the world was before anything else existed. So it was believed that in the midst of all this nothingness and chaos, from these eight gods came a cosmic egg that contained the deity that would be responsible for the creation of the world. And well, as I mentioned earlier, this god was Re, the god of the sun. As the sun made its first appearance, the darkness disappeared and then everything emerged. There are also some versions of this myth that say that when the god Re was born, a lotus flower bloomed to announce the birth of a new god. And then a scarab beetle emerged from it, and then it transformed into a child. <laughs> and then the Egyptians also believed that when this child cried, their tears became humans. So that's how the earth and humans came into existence, according to Egyptian. Well, there are other versions of the same Egyptian myth, but I think this one is the most common one. Yeah, similarly, there are many different versions of the Aztec uh, myth of the creation of the world and just like your versions this one also starts with nothing but then there's someone with the main god and in this case the the god is called Ometeotl and he's both female and male and he's like chaos and order and good and bad and then this entity has four children. Okay, this theory is called the theory of the of the five sons. These gods 
created the world and the other deities. And there are four cycles. So the first one, the first god had to sacrifice himself with what, which was Tezcatlipoca, also known as Black Tezcatlipoca. And he leaped into the fire and started the first sun because they thought that in order to give light to humans, they had to sacrifice themselves. So he, he sacrificed himself. And this period was inhibited by giants and they ate acorns. <laughs> yeah. And they were devoured by jag jaguar. Oh. So there was something created and then something that destroyed it. And then that like sun or that world ended and then another god had to sacrifice himself okay. to create the next world. And the second was the one of the wind. And this one was governed by Quetzalcoatl. And here the earth was populated by humans and they only ate piñón nuts. Then Tezcatlipoca, which was another one of the gods, wanted to be one of the sons and therefore turned into a tiger and threw Quetzalcoatl of his, of his throne. These world ended with hurricanes and with floods. Uh, then the third sun is a rain and it was dominated by water and this one was ruled by Tlaloc. His world ended with Quetzalcoatl as he made it rain fire and ashes. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a war between suns, literally. <laughs> and then the fourth sun is about water, governed by Chalchihuitlipue. A uh, strange, difficult name. And she was the sister and wife of Tlaloc. And here people ate maize. And then a flood ended this world again. Oh. And then the fifth sun is when the gods gathered at Teotihuacan, which is the archaeological site in Mexico, one of the most important ones. They decided that they had to sacrifice a god in order for the new world to begin. And Huehuetotl, the old fire god, started the sacrificial bonfire. And then none of the gods wanted to jump into the flames. So they, they got the lord of the snails to leap into the flames. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, and that's how, well, the fifth sun emerged, which was the new world. And it was ruled by the sun god Donatiu. Oh, it's really interesting. There are lots of similarities, which is interesting. Oh, there are a lot of similarities, like the chaos before. Uh, incest. The incest. <laughs> the giants are mentioned many times. Another thing is you can sort of see how like the cultures and like how close ones are similar. For example, like Greek and Egyptian mythology. They have the similarities of the first gods, they were their concepts. And last but oh. not least... Mine is really simple, it's not that complex. So it starts as all of the other ones, there's nothing and there is supposed to be chaos. And we have Pangu, that is a god, that is, has been sleeping for 8,000 years. And he wakes up, but he's inside an egg. And, this, and the egg is the one who, that is filled with chaos. So he doesn't like it. 
he feels pressure, he feels, he doesn't feel comfortable in that inside that egg, he feels in, cramped in a small space, so he breaks out from the, from the egg, and in doing this, he creates a, a universe, so he's the only living thing inside the universe. But the universe was still in chaos, so he grabbed his axe, I don't know where did he get the axe, <laughs> and split the universe in two, representing the Jing and Yang, where Jin is um, the dark part and Yang the light. He divided it into earth and sky, but he needed to put all his force to maintain, to maintain them separated. He stood there, supporting earth and sky for many years, and he started to get tired and tired, but he was growing uh, bigger and bigger, so earth and sky were getting each time more uh, further apart from each other. And when he was happy with uh, the dis distance between earth and sky, or the jing and yang, he decided he wanted to go to sleep again. But the problem was that he was really, really tired and died in his sleep. His last breath became air. His body became the multiple uh, rocky formations like mountains and valleys, canyons. His blood became water, ocean. Apart from his, bo from his body became uh, humans, us who populated Earth, and his eyes become the moon and the sun. So he sacrificed himself to restore the chaos from the universe, create the earth and populate it with beautiful things. Aww. Yeah, it's a really nice story. I like that one. I think that yes. was the best. <laughs> um, something that's sort of running throughout Aztec, Norse and uh, Chinese is that like a god had to sacrifice themselves for the world to start. In both your stories, well, your myths, like Chinese and Norse, Norse uh, there's like a creature that with its body actually oh, yes. like, creates yes, yes. it. And also, both in Chinese and Egyptian, the god is born from an egg, which is yeah. really interesting. They're all from ex like different parts of the world and from different time periods, but they have such similarities. Oh, I think yeah. we just have to add that these are just few versions of many yeah. that exist oh, because yes. well these ones were passed like from generation to generation and there were changes and yeah so who actually knows how the world began yeah no one, no one. <laughs> maybe maybe they knew the truth and we just lost it thank you for hearing this podcast we hope you enjoyed it thank you thank you bye, bye.